Hey everybody, just a quick word before we launch into uh, this week's episode. This episode was recorded while Drew and I were on a road trip out to Chicago to visit our in-laws for Christmas. And so because of that, there's a bit of road noise in the background. Now I did my best to eliminate this, um, at least as best as I could. I thought it would be as easy as just like doing a noise reduction thing, but it turns out that made it the voices sound really tinny and I didn't like that, so... But anyway, uh, I reached what I thought was a good compromise, and uh, you'll still hear the road rumble and noises as we record our podcast, but hopefully at this point I've made them uh, more more uh, more minimized. It should be a lot more listen. I think you'll agree with me that it's, that it's still quite listenable. So anyway, just wanted to give you guys that heads up before we head into the episode, and now, here it is. Everybody, this is a special little fun memory machine thing that uh, we decided to do. Uh, me and uh, yeah, me, uh, myself, and uh, my good friend, my colleague, my brother-in-law, Drew Burke. Oh, hello there! Hi. Hey. We are going off to Chicago for Christmas to be with our uh, our in-laws, and along the way. Uh, through some convoluted reasoning, we ended up going separately from our wives. Yes, um, so we are we are driving there now. It's kind of I feel almost like this is something like that would happen in a movie. Yeah, like the wives go ahead, and then we have to come, and this thing happens. We have to like save save the day, perhaps, or perhaps avoid like some criminals. You know, one of those I mean, types of deals. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but that is not what happened. Nothing not so far. Sword. Not so far. We still have three hours to go. Yep, and. Uh, but, but we decided along the way, hey, you know what would be fun is if we listen to a couple uh, old, old-time old radio programs and then talk about them, talk about our experience listening to them. And so we just listened to a couple episodes of Inner Sanctum Mysteries, <laughs> which, of course, was brought to you by, uh, what are those, liver pills? Well, yeah, liver there's pills. Uh, Con's, Con's liver pills, somebody's liver pills. Yes, yeah, some, somebody's name, and then it's hard Lipton, to make out. And then Lipton Tea. That Lipton tea. Carter's Liver Pills. Something Car- like, yeah, something Car- like, like that. Carter's Little Liver Pills or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a little... The, the first one that we listened to uh, was a little hard to hear. It was quite fun. grainy. Yeah, quite grainy. Probably from, a, like, a third-generation dupe of uh, something that was hastily recorded onto wax. Um, but... Uh, and then we listened to another one that was a lot clearer. Much clearer. Easier to hear. Probably even from the same time frame. Just a better yeah, preserved episode. Yeah, because they episode. both made reference to the war. Right. Against Japan. Yes, yes. Uh, so the second one specifically mentioned that the war in Japan was still going on, quote-unquote, yes. which I guess would have meant that Germany had already fallen by that point. Oh, perhaps. Uh, so, probably uh, late 19, mid-1945. Because we, uh, one of the war in Japan and what? I don't May? Know. Oh, goodness gracious, no, I have no May, idea. May 45 was victory in Europe, and then victory in Japan was later on. Uh, I don't remember. We don't... We don't celebrate uh, the end of World War Two the same way we celebrate World War the end of World War One. Um, but anyway, so what is your uh, history with old old time radio? I think we both have listened to it to a degree. Yeah, I listened to a fair amount of old time radio. Now, my first introduction to it actually was not even on the radio, which yeah. sounds kind of weird. But it was when I was planning to be an actor before I decided not to be an actor, oh. and I went to a live reading of a radio broadcast. Oh, cool! And then it was interesting how they did it but they picked a very boring radio broadcast to do 
Which, which I think do? was problematic. I don't remember, but it involved a lot of walking. Oh. And so there was a woman just constantly walking. So there was just shuffling of feet and things like that. And I thought, only only years later did I think, maybe if I wasn't, like, watching this and I could actually, like, play it out in my mind, yeah. I would enjoy it more. But the fact that there were no, like, I couldn't even, in my mind's eye, picture the story. Because what I had was the reality of the woman walking. Just uh, shuffling her feet. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't paint... It doesn't paint the picture that you really need out no, of it. No, no, it was, it was very unusual. It was very, very unusual. And so that was a very weird introduction to radiant, like, you know, that that type of uh, thing. And then I came across, like, some of the uh, the Hobbit abridged versions for the radio. Oh. And those were fun. And I were those, those for and BBC them. radio? Yeah, I think they are for BBC okay, radio, yeah. yeah. Like, like Mind's, Mind's Eye or something like that yeah. as a company. Yeah. And so, I think they uh, might have also done the Star Wars ones. Oh, Star oh, Wars sorry, radio dramas. Those, yeah. Yeah. But so I listened to all those and I really enjoyed them. And uh, and then somewhere after that, I wound up accidentally tuned into Canadian radio station 740 Zoomer Radio, which is predominantly geared towards older folks. But every night at 10 o'clock, they would have the 60s at 6, the 70s at 7, the 80s at 8, and then Robbie remembers at nine, or his various things, and then at ten o'clock would come Theater of the Mind. Ooh. And Theater of the Mind would normally be an episode of a comedy and an episode of a mystery or a drama. Oh, cool. And my favorite of the comedies were Our Miss Brooks, where Eve Arden <laughs> was school teacher Miss Brooks, and I just thought they were genuinely very funny, and they were very just cute, quaint little stories, and perhaps because I'm a school teacher, perhaps just because I like yeah. them. I just really connected with those well. But some of the mystery ones, and I don't remember the names of any of the... I remember, um, I remember some of the episodes, but I don't remember the titles of the show uh, that I yeah. heard. But I really enjoyed some of the mystery ones as well, because they just, like... You, you very much could picture the story. You very much... Sometimes, I mean, I would be driving at night back to... And this is when I lived in the middle of an apple orchard by myself, so there were no lights anywhere. There was nothing for miles except apples and a couple of neighbors here and there speckled throughout uh, and so I would be listening to this theater of the mind and if it was one of the mystery ones I would genuinely be scared getting out of my car and going to my house sometimes <laughs> because uh, it wasn't that long of a walk but it was a completely pitch black walk after just listening to these stories of murders and intrigue and everything else so it was really 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 fun so that was my strong introduction to it and um, then with that in mind I was always a Sherlock Holmes fan and I'd listened to a lot of the Sherlock Holmes book on tapes, and so I then dove into a lot of the different radio plays, and uh, of course they have all the, the, the standard things you would expect, and like the ads in the middle, but where the characters read them as if it's part of it. <laughs> Holmes, you're surely not going to go out without your Macintosh raincoat, are you? <laughs> Why, without your Macintosh raincoat, you could catch cold. I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's uh, that's basically that's that's. I'm sure I've heard a bunch of them here and there throughout, but yeah. anytime they're on the radio, I tend to leave them on. But that uh, that's my bulk of listening is whatever shows up at ten o'clock at night on AM seven forty's theater. Yeah, of I was the gonna line. say seven forty because I know we 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 could get that pretty far out, right? That's out of Toronto. It's out of Toronto, said? yeah. Yeah, that the next frequency carries pretty far. And like, I would listen sometimes driving here to Chicago. Yeah. I would listen to 740 because again they play I would listen to four or five hour blocks of it. And I yeah. would listen to it up until almost Indiana. Yeah. 
And that's just with whatever the standard AM radio in my car is. Right. And yeah. It, it, yeah. It just. I I was reading up on this actually about AM radio and and you know how it works and all that. Um, just because I was interested in it and I wanted to build an AM transmitter just mm-hmm. kind of for fun. Uh, and apparently there's like certain like there's different classes of AM radio stations because the way that the that the that the carrier frequency works is that it's very easy for one signal to overpower another. So you have like certain stations that like they're the flagship for that frequency. Like um, Wham eleven eighty out of Rochester is like that's the flagship eleven eighty station. Like other, like other stations have to make room for eleven eighty huh. or like seven forty is probably one of them as well. Um, yeah, like like the, the flagship for that particular frequency. Uh, very odd, but uh, uh, interesting to no one anymore because you know who listens to AM radio? Well, and this, weirdos like us. Like, well, the thing is, I mean, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously. The one that I listen to is particularly marketing to an older crowd. Yeah. They call them the Zoomers and they all and they, they always talk about for your Zoomer health and it's always health for, you know, older people. But I I I do wonder just in a practical sense, AM radio, people got sick of talk radio, things like that, but then they yeah. all listen to podcasts like this one. Yeah, right. So it's like, oh I don't want to listen to whatever crap's <laughs> on AM radio, but I'll listen to a podcast. So I wonder if there's a possibility in the future that we see because of the broad reach of it and because of the fun, interesting market that is AM radio. Yeah. I wonder if you're going to get sort of an AM radio podcasting crowd somewhere uh, down I, the road. You know, that would make a lot of sense, honestly. Like, like, like want to allocate uh, AM radio space to podcasts. Yeah. Currently. Right. I mean, you know, a lot of the other stuff isn't selling quite so well. But, yeah, exactly. And, and it's something a, where maybe, just maybe you already got it in your car. Not that people can't listen to a million different things on their could, telephones. But I mean, think about like what you could do with like a capital G geek radio thing. You know, like as, yeah. as is often marketed, the term geek. It's true. And you could probably do like an AM radio that where it's all like talk about, uh, you know, uh, superheroes and Star Wars and stuff. Right. And you want something with a broader reach because with the AM radio, there there yeah. is something really genuinely appealing about a local market. And I yes. think about right now, especially you know, a lot of people are trying to be conscious about shopping local and about yeah. doing this and that and knowing local. And local history and local art and everything else yeah. and I think local radio has a real appeal in that sense there is yes. something very appealing about the idea of taking time I think in a day and age when we've lost the need to take time out of our day for something because we can do it whenever we want we can call yeah. it up anytime we can we don't even tape stuff I, I mean my parents still use a VCR for everything they they have trouble operating a DVD player um, yeah. despite my mom's computer programming degree but <laughs> the uh, the VCR, they'll still set it to record while they're at church choir rehearsal, so they can come back and watch what they want when they've come back. So, they, they used to do it that way. Now you just set your dish to do... I don't remember how it works. I've never yeah. used one. But you know what I mean, where you yeah. direct TV or whatever else. TiVo, whatever. TiVo, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um, but it's all the same idea. Well, there, there is a real appeal to the idea of like, oh, well, you didn't hear the broadcast, you missed the broadcast. Yep. And you can't catch it online afterwards. Yep. And you can't do you, you just you just miss the broadcast. You just have to hope that someone either transferred the like especially back then, you would have to hope that somebody either transferred the recording to tape and might and might replay the station might replay it. Yeah. Or more likely they would have recorded it onto a large uh, record. Right. That would play at thirty three and a third at a time when 33 and a third records were not available at home. Huh. 
they were just something that studios used for archival purposes. Oh, funny. So, yeah, you likely did not um, get that opportunity to do that unless your radio happened to archive the, the broadcast well, and then replayed it at a later date. Men- the only reason we were able to listen to the Inner Sanctum was because of studio archivists. Yeah. Mentioning the idea that you wouldn't hear it unless there was some repeat aspect and that that might help create a niche market. Yeah. Leads me to actually one of my thoughts, and I, I know we want to have you share your 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 experience with uh with radio dramas before we get into it. But yeah. one of my thoughts uh, on what we heard tonight is very specifically related to that idea that you do only hear it once. You hear it yeah. one time, and that's that. So yeah. spoil well, not spoiler alert. Look forward to that in just a minute when we talk about it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't want to give it away. Yeah, because now we need to hear. Your oh yes, my, with my background with, with with radio drama, old time radio. Um, a lot of it uh, was well, there, I, I did have some dalliances with it when I was a kid because, of course, I was always interested in old stuff. And I remember at one point going into a Cracker Barrel while we were on a trip going to uh, West Virginia to go visit family, and we stopped at the Cracker Barrel, and then there was a there was a cassette tape with uh, episodes of the Superman radio show on ah. it. So I insisted that we listen to that in the car, and I got to listen to a, a few episodes that way. But then after that, I, I didn't really know where to get my hands on any any more. You know, again, this is a pre-internet age, and so you could, or even like pre-using internet for most media. So even if you knew it existed, like I, I couldn't possibly stay on the phone line long enough to download any episodes. So it was still, uh, out, you know, out of my reach. Uh, but I was still interested in it. So eventually, uh, coming out of college and getting my first job where I worked basically doing data entry for as for a temp job uh, for a company that uh, no longer exists, uh, Paytech, uh, for those Rochester people who remember the, the grand promises and whimpering failures of a company called Paytech. Um, I, I worked for them and, and you know we were able to listen to whatever we wanted while we worked. So I looked on archive.org and kind of punched oh, around. Always great stuff yeah. on there. And uh, because I knew they had like a lot of old cartoons and old movies, things that had fallen into the public domain. And I thought, hey, maybe there's something to listen to on here. Because at the time, um, the, uh, the there were podcasts, but they there weren't as many of them. And they had not gotten as niche. So it was hard for me to find something that could, in, that could sustain my interest for a long period of time um, I mean there were video game ones but like they were all about like modern video games and, and I wasn't as interested in that and there were a couple other retro ones but they weren't as well produced except for Retronauts that was the that was the one I always kept coming back to because it actually sounded good and it was done by people who uh, worked in like games press so uh, they were media so they knew how to do media right, you know right. um where the other ones, they were charming, you know, they, they were fine to listen to for a little bit, but, you know, you can tell they, they, they were not media-trained people who were creating these things. Um, anyway, so, but, but to help flesh out my listening schedule to keep myself from being bored, um, I did find some uh, old-time radio on archive.org. In fact, I found a lot of it, and I ended up listening to, uh, I listened to The Shadow, uh, that's actually one that I, I, when you talk about the Superman tape, I thought about the Shadow Knows because yes. a buddy of mine in high school, he was raised by his grandparents more or less, 
and yeah. they were into all the old timey everything. That was my introduction. I've mentioned before because that was my uh, introduction to silent film, to Chaplin, everything. Yeah, was with him because that's what his parents or grandparents would always watch and listen to. Wow. So I've also heard a lot of shadow for that that reason. He would just play it. Yeah. Wow. With great grandparents from back back in the nineties. Uh, so yeah, they yeah. Wow. Cool. <laughs> um, so I listened to the shadow. Um, I would also listen to uh, Abbott Costello because I, I liked those movies when I was a kid and the radio show is a lot of fun too it's very nonsensical and uh, plot barely matters uh, Lou Costello is just mostly unhinged throughout most of it like there's I remember one sp- specifically in which he gets like a uh, ratty old horse to you know, he buys this ratty old horse named Peanut Butter he just He's yelling, hey, peanut butter! Get peanut butter! Like the whole episode. And it was really funny, but it was very nonsensical. Um, uh, and of course, you know, they have like Andrew's sisters in between there, mm-hmm. singing songs or whatever, Dinah Shore or whatever. Um, and that's fun. And then, uh, let's see. Uh, that. Uh, oh, and of course, uh, Lights Out. Oh. Everybody. Uh, that is a great program. I think I might have talked about it on here once before. I think I mentioned it in the Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, talking about Lights Out. And it's just this great uh, anthology, horror anthology series. Just imagine Twilight Zone, but for but a radio drama instead. Um, and a little bit uh, cheesier. It's not. It doesn't quite have the same weight as the Twilight Zone, but it's still pretty darn good. Uh, I listen to a lot of uh, Lights Out. Uh, particular stories I remember were um, there's one called uh, The Bathysphere where uh, it's a, a dictator and his aide they go in this like a submarine to go like do like some underwater research and it's just the two of them and he does, they don't have any contact with uh, their contact breaks with the boat above the water and so like he thinks oh my gosh now's my chance I could kill this guy but then like, uh, he, like he starts to think like getting all inside his head about all the ramifications of if he killed him, what would he do and it, it was really cool like uh, you know, brain study of this, of that kind of a thing um, also another one was one called Oxychloride X which was a uh, is a story about a chemical that eats up everything that it touches and then once it eats up the things that it touches it replicates itself oh. so just like about so like, it's the, the stuff Kinda, yeah. yeah. But it was like just like keep, it keeps seeping through and eating everything, and it was like unstoppable. They didn't so the know blob, it. yeah, kinda, yeah. So yeah, so the stuff, the blob, it's both of those kinds of things. But before either of those things, oh okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty chilling story. There's other fun stories like that. Lights Out's pretty great. Uh, uh, another popular one that I don't remember as well is one called The Cat Wife, oh, with uh, Boris Karloff. <laughs> And his, uh, his wife turns into a cat. Oh, no. And she tortures him as a cat. Uh, it's, uh, again, it's cheesy, but it's fun. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, check it out. Um, but those are, that's basically my background with old-time radio, and I've always had a, a love of it. And, in fact, even today, I've wondered why there weren't more attempts at it, especially with the way podcasting has taken off. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not really... There's not a lot of strictly, uh, like, radio plays type of thing. I mean, you'll, you'll see some things, like, 
where it's imaginative and it carries a narrative or something like that, but it's but it has like a kind of a conceit around it. Yeah. Like I think Welcome to Night Vale is. Well, that's of, that's the one the exact one I was going to mention. Right. But that's like, but the conceit of that is that it's like a it's like a news station, right? Is yes. that what it is? The yeah. whole the whole idea is that it's a news station, right. And that he's just talking. So it's really not. It's it's a radio show in that. Yeah. Um. Now they they, they did a crossover with something that I don't remember what it was like the marvelous mystery. Hour or adventure hour, and I don't remember. Thrilling adventure it. hour? I don't know what it is, but yeah. I, I didn't listen to that one ever to know yeah. what, what happens in it. But what I yeah, what I was gonna say is that any of the, the podcast ones that are also kind of a story seem yeah. seem to be um aping something else. Well but the, or... yeah, they they, 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 they they kind of do a both and. They yeah. almost make fun of the old-timey radio show right. while doing an old-timey radio Which show. Which is what Thrilling Adventure Hour does. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they have different segments like uh, like the uh, I forget the guy's name but like the Marshal of Mars and he's like a it's like a western but it's on Mars. So John Connor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. So, yeah, John, John Carter. Yeah, John yeah, Carter. John yeah. Carter. Um, and then there's also one that's um, uh, it's Beyond Belief and uh, you know like the Thin Man the, the, the lead characters of the Thin Man. Oh yes. It's uh it's Paget Brewster and uh, Paul F. Tompkins doing the, that role. Okay, and they're constantly drunk throughout the whole thing. <laughs> but but again, like it's it's just it's it's kind of spoofing, right. The old thing. It isn't actually the thing. Or or the other thing that it doesn't do, and this yeah. this again ties into. This still isn't even my point about the idea of it not being repeatable. Yeah. But just that idea that it used to be you heard something once and that was it. And if you didn't hear it, you didn't hear it. Right. Oh, did you hear last week's episode? It was great. No, I didn't hear it. Yeah. But. Now with streaming everything, like Welcome to Night Vale, while it's individual episodes, I listened to like three whole seasons of that, yeah. and it still connects itself. So something they mention in one episode will show up in another. And something yeah. there's an obelisk that comes and goes in different ways. They've got these various station managers. They've got the dog park. They've got different characters that come and go. One girl who like throws a coup against the yellow secret intelligence helicopters. I don't remember all the details. It's been yeah. quite a while, but. You, you don't have that in a radio drama because if people didn't tune in last week, well, you don't want them to right. be out of the loop when they tune in this week. You might on occasion get a to-be-continued, but it's the same as, like, even even in the early 90s when we were watching yeah. Power Rangers, I remember yeah. when the Green Ranger episode was a to-be-continued episode. And they would meticulously and, recap. And, oh, yeah. my gosh, the recap yeah. was, like, the first five-plus minutes. Yeah. But it also was super exciting for us because it was like, to-be-continued, yeah. I can't wait it's to get so it back epic. and watch more. Ah, right? So well, we got so very excited, but simultaneously... Like, if you miss the first one, what a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, now, that's, a, that's something interesting that you bring that up, because you're right that that wasn't true of uh, programs aimed at a general audience in, in the old-time mm-hmm. radio era of the 30s and the 40s. Um, you know, it was things like Lux Radio Theater, which were just like radio plays, you know, radio, uh, like uh, uh, like free-act radio dramas, yeah. or uh, Mercury Theater, Theater on the Air... Or uh, Evan Costello or Amos and Andy, these things. Except for children's radio was heavily serialized. Really? Yes. Well, and so was soap operas, actually, because yeah. they started yeah. on the radio, too. That's right. So I guess, I mean, that's a radio drama. Yeah. That so, was... so, you, so, like, Superman, for instance, like there, like, there are Superman stories that span over 15 parts. Wow. So you would have to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to see what happens to Superman And, yeah, next. we do hear that even in, the, even in watching yeah. the Christmas movie... Where yeah. they have to get the little orphan Annie detective to 
decoding ring or whatever. Yeah, right. And it's like, make sure you tune in next time to find yeah. out your... So yeah. there is that. I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe it's just... Very serialized. And another exception to that, too, is um, the original Amos and Andy show was... Well, it was a soap opera, basically, okay. is what it was. It eventually just turned into a regular sitcom, so that continuity didn't really matter in that same way. But it started as a soap opera about, you know, two uh, poor black people trying to make it in New York City. And it was very earnest. Um, it is still racist uh, in a lot of ways, but at now, the I don't time, know. I don't know, now, but were, were Amos and Andy, were the actors black no, actors? Oh, okay. No, they weren't. They, they were not. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing to read about. I, I won't hash over Amos and Andy here. We just don't have enough time. But uh, I mean, we have two hours and fifty minutes before we arrive. Okay, all right. Well, I need to do more research about it, and I also don't just feel qualified to talk about it in general because uh, I'm not black, and I can't speak for people. You know, for, for those people who may or may not be offended by the show. I think that's so, reasonable. Yeah. So I. Uh, so yeah. So I'll I'll leave, I'll leave that be until maybe. At some point, if, if if I happen to get, if I can find somebody who is a person of color and who also knows a lot about the all all of the old time radio of Amos and Andy, then go. we will talk about it. Gonna get a but guest star. There you go. But until then, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna overreach here. Um, so yeah, so we wa- we listened to we didn't watch. Well, we watched the sound file go. Oh, well, you did. I was I driving. Did. You were driving. Luckily, I watched the road. Luckily for the both of us, I watch the inside of my eyelids sometimes. Yeah. But, but then I just, you know, hold the wheel for a little bit until you jostle yourself awake. That's it. Yeah. See, this is why we're a great team. My dog's sleeping in the back, but he didn't even notice. He's so quiet. I know. He's, he's being such a good little boy. Um, but we listened to two episodes of the Inner Sanctum Mysteries, and uh, we will talk about that when we get back from this break. to you by the makers of Carter's Little Liver Pills, the laxative with the two-way action. For over 60 years, everybody has known that the name Carter's Little Liver Pills means gentle and efficient help whenever a laxative is needed. Yes, and they know, too, that Carter's Little Liver Pills bring added relief by waking up the flow of a very important digestive juice. So take advantage of this two-way action and ask for Carter's Little Liver Pills. Hi there, podcast listeners. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Memory Machine. I know this one was a long time coming. I was originally going to do a uh, January, you know, what we discovered last year. But honestly, uh, I didn't get around to it. Christmas was very hectic. We had a lot of plans. Spent a week at my in-laws and then a week at my parents' house. and it It was a lot. So I continued to take a break through January. But hopefully things should be getting uh, back to to their mostly regular schedule. Um, I still don't see myself re- reliably releasing these on a bi-weekly basis, uh, just due to the fact that I now have two children instead of one, and that a uh, second child is still quite young, and, you know, it's uh, parenthood's a lot of work. But uh, I still want to get out some stuff, you know, and uh, and I think I can, I, I can very reliably do that still. So you'll still see at least one a month. Uh, going forward. I hope to get on another one too before the end of February. Anyway, so if you haven't been paying attention to the Geekiverse lately, I recommend that you do. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff happening. Lots of great stuff happening with the YouTube. 
you can check that out. So uh, the podcasts that we're releasing are also getting YouTube editions that, that go up on there. You know, Disney Plus Cast is Plus Cast is still going along, and and so is uh, Drafting with Drafts. A new one just came up recently about like uh, choosing uh, sort of the all-time NFL great team, whatever that may or may not be. But it's a lot of fun, and it's you know it's it's very sh- it's uh, short compared to a lot of podcasts. It, it runs under an hour, and um, most cases under forty-five minutes. So uh, it's very digestible, very listenable podcast, and, and you can see it on YouTube. You can get it on there. It's a lot of fun, and there's always votes too a- afterwards to say to say like you know uh, what what your favorites would be in this can- in this case, or who you think won the draft or whatever. So it's a lot of fun. I, I really recommend giving that a listen. Another thing that's uh, that's happening is my uh, next silent movie night is coming up very very soon. It's going to be uh, this coming Wednesday, February nineteenth at the North Tonawanda Public Library will be showing uh, my print of The Michigan Kid starring Conrad Nagel and Rene Adore uh, in a action comedy well not comedy action drama romance set in the Alaska Gold Rush it's a a lot of fun also uh, preceding that will be a Harold Lloyd short Don't Shove from when he was still doing his thing with Baby Daniels and Snub Pollard so that's also a, a great short and yeah you should come out and see it we have playing music for it Jen DeSantis she is a local Buffalo recording artist and pianist she has not done one of the silent films uh, so this is really cool this is very exciting uh, to get a chance to pull in a new musician into the silent movie fold um, so I hope you will come to to see to see her play as well she is fully composing uh, a, a soundtrack so that, that that'll be really exciting to see so yeah definitely come check that out and if you would like to uh, if you can't come but you'd like to uh, to support this thing that I'm doing you can go to www.kofi that's ko-fi.com slash nl film and uh you can throw a couple shekels my way and that goes helps to go to things like um film preservation equipment uh, cleaning supplies uh fresh projector bulbs new films to show paying you know musicians to to play for the films and all that kind of fun stuff so anyway uh without prattling on any further here's the rest of the show step-by-step are the reasons why Fatima has more than doubled its smokers from coast to coast. Step one. The name Fatima has always stood for the best in cigarette quality. Step two. Long cigarette smokers discover Fatima has a much different, much better flavor and aroma. Step three. Long cigarette smokers find Fatima extra mild. Fatima is the long cigarette which contains the finest Turkish and domestic tobaccos Superbly blended to make Fatima extra mild. And that's why more and more smokers every day agree it's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima. It's wise to smoke extra mild Fatima. Yes, the name Fatima on that golden yellow package 
is your insurance of an extra mile smoke. So enjoy king-size Fatima, the best of all long cigarettes. Oh, my gosh. Why is everybody driving on the wrong side of the road? Oh, man. We really shouldn't be driving over there. Why were you doing that? Oh, wait. Oh, that was me? I, I thought it was I you. thought they were all on the wrong side. I don't know. Ohio's weird, man. There's a lot the, more coaches. The, the lanes just go over. Are, 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 are we good now, though? I, I don't mean, need to be anyone coming straight at us, so. Yeah. We're also all not right. on a road anymore. <sighs> we'll, just, we'll make our own roads. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I'm driving where, where a Toyota Matrix. We're, I can do anything. Where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs> because we're independent. That's <laughs> it. That's right. I, that's uh, right. I have a right to travel. That's right. So I can just travel wherever I want. That's right. What are those people called who don't believe in laws, but they actually believe in laws? Uh, you know the ones. Anarchists? No, no. I don't need a driver's license because I have a right to travel. Those people. Oh. You know I, the ones. You know the ones. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we listened to uh, two episodes of the Inner Sanctum Mysteries, and we uh, have some things to say about them. The first one that we listened to was one called The Island of Death. Ooh, spooky! Now, this one, uh, I don't know how truthfully we can speak on it, because it, it was uh, a degraded recording. Yes. So there were when they got quiet, it was very hard to understand what they were saying. And when the characters, because, well, as we all know, The Island of Death... Yeah. Needs to be somewhere mysterious, yeah. and where is more mysterious in the forties than, <laughs> than Haiti? Than Haiti, uh, the island of death is Haiti, and it's a it's a story about voodoo and voodoo. Uh, the hoodoo that you do. Oh. Um, I, I gathered that it was a story about uh, this uh, mean old man and his younger wife. I pictured him to yeah. be a portly fellow, mostly bald, yeah. beige suit. Like imagine the uh, that's what I picture the a beige suit to like fit in with picture like, if Porky the, Pig was a man wearing beige and was grumpy and was grumpy really grumpy like, is that a yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 and so he's going to like check up on this plantation I guess that he owns yeah either he owns it or he's yeah. somehow running some aspect of yeah it. he's running some aspect of it he has he has business interest in in a plantation in Haiti. And uh, he clearly uh, is suspicious of his wife because his wife still does love someone else. Or, well, I yeah. don't know for sure that she loves the other person, but right. she knows that she did. Yes. And she just wound up with him, I think, because the other guy was poor, right? The other guy was poor, and this guy was just rich, and she went with security. And and she seems yeah. like, she doesn't seem like a, a bimbo. I'm not no. picking that up. She no. seems like a, She seems like someone who probably was just in a dire situation yeah, and made the choice that she had, had to make. To, he's just yeah. the fellow I had to go with. Yeah. So uh, we find out that there is some uh, drama there, and then we also get to meet someone who is uh, in, who is uh, in touch with the voodoo he's culture. A, he's a witch doctor. Yes, he is a witch doctor. Okay. Well, I, there's a couple characters, yeah. but but the, but the the voices again when they be, when when you started getting into the accents, it was a little hard to understand. So there were right. a couple different Haitian characters, yeah. and I could not always tell which one was which. I don't think the witch doctor was the only individual they were talking to. Yeah. But and, at some point, there was a witch doctor. Yeah. And they were, like, trying... Um, so, what was the impetus here? What were there they was, trying to he, get him for, to do? They, like, It had something to do with the plantation. Right. And he, like, didn't care about it or whatever else, and he didn't care about the people on it or something yeah. like that. And so they had Just, him hold this... Um, they had him hold this stone... Yeah. That uh, the car in front of us, they're watching the Muppets on their TV in the van. And the Sweet. Car in front of us. 
So uh, that's great. But they, you're holding this type of stone, and the stone was supposed to represent his life, and he smashed it because he didn't believe in voodoo. Yeah. But I don't remember the impetus for why he was holding the stone, but it had something to do with mistreatment of the people on the plantation. Yeah, right. So, so like, uh, he kind of gets, he kind of gets uh, roped into the witch doctor nonsense. And then the at some nonsense. point, the wife yeah. becomes, like, a voodoo zombie. Right. And then in order to free her from being a voodoo zombie, they need, like, a life for a life because she's dead now because she's a zombie. Yeah. And then somehow she snaps out of it. Yeah. And he's bit by a snake and he shoots another snake. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he, shoot, he shoots the one snake that, that comes up behind him because, like, they say, look behind you, it is, like, our god, and it's, like, this giant, you know, Haitian snake. Ah. And, uh, and so he says, well, what does your god think of this? And then he shoots him, shoots the snake dead. And then, so he tries to, he goes up to uh, that one, like, voodoo priest or whatever and tries to, like, as he says, you cannot leave until, uh, until, like, this, uh, like this stone is wrenched from his hand. Oh, and, that's yeah, where the stone comes yeah, in. Yeah, right. And so, like, he try he goes in there. He tries to wrench the stone from his hand, and then he smashes the stone. Like he breaks it. Like now, nobody can get to me, and I can leave. We get out, of, get out of this hell hole. And so he tries. He the car is brought around. The woman comes to as she is as as it is uh, said that that should happen. And then, uh, as he gets into the car, the same snake that he thought he killed and shot. No, the mate right? of the snake. The mate of the snake. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the mate of the snake comes in and bites, and then him. bites him dead. So, uh, dead. yep. So, so, justice is done. Here's the thing. In this one, because of the low quality of the recording, yeah. or the low quality the transfer, more accurately, yeah. we were missing a lot of details. We but were. I still got a lot from it. So, I didn't yes. get a lot out of the story. But one of the things that I actually thought was really interesting about it, listening this way, is my family uh, still has a farm about four hours from our house in central Pennsylvania area. Uh-huh. And uh, and we would listen sometimes to the radio down there. And sometimes you would be lucky if you would just get portions of radio. Or if you're yeah. trying to watch TV, you'd be lucky if in a half hour episode of something you saw eight minutes of it. Because it would just glitch and flip because there was no, right. just no waves out there. Right. right? You're, you're far away from everything, including radio. We still can't get cell phone reception there. Yeah. It just doesn't work. You, um, I remember you talking to your dad about trying to get a cell phone tower yeah, out there. Yeah. And it's just too expensive. Yep. And so there's so there's this scenario. So what I actually kind of liked was I was very actively engaged in trying to listen to this story. Yeah. Even though it was kind of mumbly, even though it was kind of grainy. I wasn't like, eh, whatever. It was like, yeah. no, I'm going to hear this. Yeah. And so I, I got sort of the effect that a person in a rural area or something else might have right. as they're tuning in and trying to get it and they just can't. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that was sort of a neat just happenstance experience in a day and age when everything is so perfectly recorded and Served. everything's got per- yeah, perfect audio and perfect video and everything. And not only that, but things that used to look bad now look better than they did before. Well, we just watched a movie of- yesterday on my SVHS and yeah. it was... A movie that no one should ever have watched in the first place, Christmas Nightmare. Yep. Um, and would have been filmed on terrible quality film, but watching yep. it through an SVHS player actually made it a little better. Yep. It really smoothed out a lot of the rough edges. So we're all so we're all used to having everything cleaned up for us and polished. It was kind of nice to not have that just yeah. as part of the experience to kick us into the radio thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But it wasn't enjoyable. I I love that the spooky uh, voodoo kind of story that. Uh, those kinds of stories, like one of the one of my favorite uh, horror movies is uh, I Walked with a Zombie. Oh, have you seen that one? I have. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, it's just a lot of like uh, 
because it isn't necessarily portrayed as like this true blue fact, but it is. They keep it nebulous enough, and there's enough mystery there that you can kind of. Well, I think a lot of know, those island related. Anytime yeah. they put someone somewhere on an island, some yeah. some you know, there's and voodoo shows up a lot in those because we yeah. didn't really have a cultural knowledge of it totally. Right. But yeah. anything that happens on it was these, extra exotic. Yeah. yeah. Anything yeah. that happens on these islands. You just never know what you're going to get into. And some, sometimes right. it's quite extreme things, like Cannibal Holocaust, for example. I know right. it's in the Amazon, but it might just well have been on an island. Yeah. But anytime they, they put people on these little island scenarios where it's so... And you can just picture it's got that tropical feel and the mosquitoes are biting like crazy. And everyone's yeah. worried about getting, you know, malaria and dysentery. And yeah. it's sweating and steaming hot in the jungle. And you can... Like, there's, there's something still very... There's something that's still immediately comes to mind despite all of the technological advances of everything yeah. when I start talking about New York City I don't even if it's a story from the 1940s I don't picture New York City in the 1940s I just yeah. picture the New York City I know Right. when you start talking about an, a mysterious island which in this case happened to be Haiti I can picture yeah. this 1940s idea of a mysterious island Yes, and I think that's something that just still to this day holds up well. Is you put it in a, an exotic, especially tropical location with how much of the great Amazonian rainforest is yeah. undiscovered still. Right, and right. I think you do instantly still just have mystery. Yeah, and it transports you in a really effective way. Definitely, and and there's also like the conflict too of like you have your protagonists who go in who uh, who might be who might be rich and who might you know have certain mm. resources, but. They don't know the area, and they don't know the culture, and there are people who who are wise to both, and can like sort of bridge the gap between these two these two worlds, and that's a really interesting uh, thing to bring up. That there's this whole other world that you know nothing about, and has its own intrinsic rules and logic that none of which you're privy to, and uh, and, it, and it all operates according to a plan. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's 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 a very neat. Concept. And that does seem to be the bad guy in these often, doesn't it? The guy who's like the, the capitalist, yes. I'm used to having things my way and you're right. going to do it my way. And it's like, no, no, things aren't going to go your way. Right. And that often seems to be the villain, whether it's male or female. The villain often seems to be this person who's just so used to having power and yeah. suddenly they are powerless. Right. I didn't think about that. But yeah, like, 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 like it kind of ultimately un undoes them. Well, we like, see that in the original Night of the Living Dead as well. I yeah. mean, it's a story that reflects on racism and sexism. Yeah. And the, the bad guy isn't really the zombies. The yeah. bad guy is the, the, the man who basically looks exactly like I would have guessed the guy in this radio show to look. Yeah. The kind of portly white man. Yep. And who's, who's you know, in a time when they're all trying to struggle for survival is still abusive and talking down to the women and the blacks. Yep. And it's... it's Because he incorrectly assumes yeah. that his level of power is that important. In, in yeah. a time when it absolutely means nothing. Right. Right. And, yeah, I, and even though, again, that it was a little hard to hear, um, I, I did enjoy that story. Well, and, yeah. and that got me thinking about something that... So here's... So Nair's now going back to what I yeah. said would be... Uh, the one related to it only plays once is yeah. how important it was to speak clearly. There was yes. even, I mean, they would have a second take in that they weren't doing it live. They could have as many takes well, as they needed to record it. Most of them were live. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the wow. vast majority of them were live. They only started to become mostly recorded 
when uh, Bing Crosby was doing his show in the mid to late 40s. Oh, okay. And so he would do tape recordings so he could go golf. <laughs> um, and, that's, like that. and that's when that became a bit more commonplace. But yeah, most of these old-time radio shows are very live. Okay. Well, um, but, then, but, but, you're just, but you're just hearing such trained professionals do it that you don't notice anything. And, uh, but I do notice, I mean, the text is so clear. And yeah. we have this, this very stereotypical way of people talking in these radio shows, right? Yes. That if you we were just talking before we did any listening about the Saturday Night Live impressions of oh, yes. old-timey movie characters. Yeah. And when people are the Judy Garlands and the Liberacis and the Vincent Prices, and you get this very different way of speaking. But And I've, I watched something, and a lot of people probably have watched the same thing about why people talk like that way for recordings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But... Unless you notice it. You hear the people speaking this, you know it's old-fashioned, you know it's old-timey, but it is still totally understandable. And right. the parts that weren't that understandable were the parts where they were doing character voices for people from other areas or regions, or in this mm-hmm. case the Haitians, where you just don't necessarily pick up because it's not that stereotypical 1940s way of speaking for the radio. And, or, and I, I just really appreciated how clear and enunciated everything was. Yeah. Because they only got one shot at it. Right. You had right. to do it well. And you had the first to time. You, you had to enunciate. You had to pronounce your words. Because like unlike unlike this, like, you know, I can be my mumbly self and you can mostly pick up what I'm saying because the quality of the recording that I'm making is absurdly good. And and if they yeah. missed something, they can click a button and go back 10 seconds. Right. Yeah, you can just go back 10 seconds with, with a click of a button. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did not have back, that back then. So, yeah, you do notice perhaps a little over-enunciation, but I, I do think you're right that where that was maybe less necessary for people in larger cities, it was very necessary to get over the static that you would get mm-hmm. the further you would be out from the uh, transmission tower. So, so yeah, pronunciation is very important, and I, I think that probably comes down from the theater tradition in general, where you, you know before the days of loudspeakers and you needed to project. Well, we still—I mean, I'm a yeah. school choir director and a community choir director, yeah. and enunciation is still always our thing. And we talk to the kids about how much B's and P's and D's and T's you might think you're saying enough of them, but right. you really need to do this. In a performance situation where you don't have microphones, right? For you guys listening now, me going, you can pick all those up. But your audience, if you're filling an entire auditorium with sound, and you are at best two mics for a whole group of you, yes. the only way those consonants are coming through is if you really overemphasize to the point of absurdity. Yeah. And and I think with that too, there's just a different type of lift in the vowel shapes and sounds and everything in these radio stars because they had to do it right the first time yeah, and and you do and similarly to having to fill out an auditorium you know where you have the people that you have to talk through to, to get to the people in the back mm-hmm. uh, it's like that but with static instead yep. Yep. and so you have to make sure that you're heard Digital. although I will say that some of those old tube well, radios good. sound pretty darn good on AM I like I have a Zenith uh, AM radio yep. uh, AM FM radio yep. and I could not believe how good AM sounded because I did not, um, yeah, I, I just did not know that, uh, that that AM could sound that good. But t- tubes, for some reason, really uh, work better with that kind of frequency. Yeah, right there. I am a okay. What's funny is the sign just came up on my. I have a I have a uh, dash cam. Yeah. And it warns me when I'm a tired driver. 
<laughs> because what it basically knows, it knows how long it's been recording continuously. Uh, and then it gives me a tired driver alert. And I have not yawned this whole trip. And as soon as I saw the word tired driver, I yawned. It's fulfilling its own prophecy. How do you like that? Pavlov's dog. Pavlov. You're tired. Okay. Pavlov's backup camera. Yawning. 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 So that was uh, the first one. Yes, yeah, so that was the first one. Um, now, there was there were two things that we should probably mention that were very exciting. Well, several things. Okay, okay. So the exciting thing about the story was anytime you really kind of caught on to something, you yeah. wanted to go, oh, there was this choice of engagement. And I think I yeah. noticed this choice of engagement um, for the first time when we were watching something and a guy stepped on a rake and hit himself in the face. Pete, the bulldog, uh, or not the bulldog, yeah, whatever type of animal he is in Disney. Oh, oh, Pete. yeah, yeah, Piglet Pete, yeah. He, he stepped on a rake and he hit himself in the face. It was the one at, at whatever the recent movie was where they like came in and out of 3D and flat oh, animation. Oh, yeah, uh, Get a Horse. Get a Horse. Yep. And what was that, Wreck-It Ralph 2? Uh, seems like. I think so, seems that like. was before that one. So, like, he stepped on a rake and hit himself in the face and then he fell down a ladder and broke all the rungs. And it's yeah. the stereotypical stuff you see and it's not that new or innovative, but it was funny. Yeah, right. And I, I think laughed. eventually he got a pitchfork up his butt. Yeah, and yeah. I laughed at it. And I realized yeah. the conscious decision to enjoy things in that moment. Like, no, I'm yeah. just going to enjoy this because it's worth enjoying. Right? Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah. And uh, and I think I did this with the radio show, too. You'd hear stuff and it's like, oh, no! You know, yeah. easily just to, like, take it a backseat. Right. But because I was already in the mood to enjoy, what I enjoyed the most was the commercials for the liver pills. Oh my god. Because they were like these they were these yes. perfect segues slash absolute nonsense. Like, yeah. boy, sure does seem like they're down in the dumps. Why, if you're down in the dumps, yeah. you should consider taking Carter's little liver pills. For people with regularity, people with good regularity have a sunshiny disposition. Yeah. <laughs> so that was great. And then at the end, because it's always great to end with a little cheesy joke. Yeah. So the end of that episode had and remember voodoo unto others as you would have them voodoo unto you yeah, a great little pun. and we just about lost it yeah. that was real that was like that was hilarious yeah the, 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 the inner sanctum does have these hosts this host his name is raymond and uh, which he, is a spooky name yes raymond raymond and he always introduces it by creaking open this creaky door and it's oh welcome it seems like a good night to say a good night for a murder, <laughs> <laughs> just something like that every night with just like uh, with with a perfect little tongue in cheek. Like he, he knows what he's doing is a little goofy, but he is assuming that you are buying into this just as much as he is. Which I think you see in a lot of. Yeah. There's something about that in horror hosts. Yes, the Elvira's, the Svengulis. Yeah. They all have this like. It is a direct line to Raymond. Like yeah. I know, I know this is a little silly. Yeah. But, but aren't we having fun? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. You know? And I yeah. was really surprised. This is 1940s, and the first one said that it was a show on a Sunday night. Yeah. The second episode said it was on a Tuesday night. Right. So they must have changed time yeah. slots. Tuesday but, at 9. But I was surprised that it was a Sunday night, and he's like, great night for a murder. But I'm thinking in a day and age when they had, what are they called, the, the, the blue laws when they shut down yeah. stores at certain times? Right. And so you have these laws about what can and can't be open on Sundays and all these religiously based things. Yeah. And yet... They're doing mystery shows about people murdering each other in voodoo. And voodoo and black magic. And black and like, magic. And, like, all this stuff. And, like, they don't hold back. Like, there's some that are just, like, straight up about, like, paganism. Like, pagan ritual. Well, they like, said something about, like, yeah. the old, like, like, it's, 
you should be afraid of Satan and you should be afraid of voodoo. Whatever they said, yeah. they said something about like Satanism and voodoo. Yeah. And like, and I was just really, or no, 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 it was in the next episode. They talked oh, yeah. about Satan and Judas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so Staring that was. the very face of Satan. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. So there's just something like, wow, this is a Sunday night in 1940. That is not what I would expect from like, yeah. people who didn't let ladies wear pants. Right, I know, right? <laughs> it makes you think, like, you know, you always think of like the 40s as such a button up time. But, yeah. But they went whole hog in for their horror. Apparently. And, and this, so. is, this is something you see, too. If, uh, we talked about this. There was a previous episode that, that myself and Trey did on uh, horror comics. And you ever read some of the horror comics that came out in the 50s or even the crime comics that came out in the 40s and they are ghastly and they are very violent yep. and uh, more so than you would ever expect of that time period as as we as we know the characterization of it to be well um, i think yeah. i think too that a lot of that stuff you didn't have rating systems and then you develop rating systems right. and etc cetera, etc cetera. and so i wonder you know which of these radio shows is the one that crossed the line where people were like, nope, we need ratings? Yeah, right. Like, when did that happen, you know? I, I believe Lights Out started as, like, the witches' tales. Okay. And in that, they really held... They they held themselves to, to no standard. Oh. And just went, hold on, like, he took his entrails. Oh. And littered the ground with them. Wowie, wow. And, that, and that's when people did complain. They're like, hey, uh... <laughs> maybe this is too far? Like... He... he he expletived his expletive. Yes. And then, so, while a child was watching, he expletived. He's so like, they, oh, they no. were crossing oh, no. lines in the 30s. Like, oh, and, and, uh, you know, uh, history is, is is never quite as clean as you remember it to be. Do look back. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing that, that woke me up to that was the whole thing of the pansy craze of the 1930s. Oh, man. Like, oh, my gosh, that was a thing that happened? Nobody ever talks about People that. Like pansies. Yeah. It's uh, again. This is a, th- a time for another episode, but uh, do look up Google the Pansy Craze of the 1930s. It's uh, it's, do, it's wild. Do it. Yes, do do it because uh, voodoo do it. Uh, voodoo do it because <laughs> it's just uh, it's interesting to learn about that LGBTQ history like that. Um, anyway, so the second one that we had was the Judas Clock. The Judas Clock, which is a great title. <laughs> Which, I mean, that could have been a band. <laughs> yeah, that, that should be a Judas Priest song right there. Yeah, Judas Priest singing yeah, the Judas Clock. Um, or an Iron Maiden song or something like that. Now, this one, was, there was a, this one was slightly hard to follow in that it was predominantly narrated by one person. Yes, it was telling all... Telling his thoughts. And the reference to the person was, and I don't remember yeah. the name, but they said the actor's name. So they must have brought in somebody significant. Yeah. Because he was the one doing most of the talking and they introduced him. They're like, when... Ray so-and-so plays Sydney such-and-such, and yeah. so it, it was a different scenario. Some Sebastian somebody. Sebastian was the character. Yeah, Sebastian was the character. But, uh, but it's also a little bit confusing because he kept flashing back. Yes. Uh, and then going forward, which is a clever story technique, but uh, it's it's a little bit more difficult when you don't have a visual element to help you with that. Yes. Uh, because, uh, you know... Usually there's a visual element when you see this in like a, t- in a TV show that says, "Okay, now we're going back in time," but uh, in this there weren't really very there wasn't there wasn't a particularly there wasn't an obvious auditory clue that that's where the narrative was going. Yeah, they didn't go woo, 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 right with a wavy or, or just like or just even like ring a bell like a fading bell to indicate going back yeah, in time. Yeah. Um, I mean, at first it was already like I remember when it's like oh we're going to the past, oh, right, and then yeah. later it was just like oh this is not now anymore. Yeah, 
Uh, so this story is about a, uh, a, a clock repairman, clock seller, uh, clock man in general, and uh, he is uh, ruminating over his father's death, which occurred over the uh, purportedly... 30 years ago. 30 years ago, over a purportedly stolen clock. A stolen clock uh, from the 15, made in the 1500s in Italy. Yes. A 500-pound black marble clock. With with the carving in the marble. Yeah, and some, of the and 12 some, apostles. And some, and some inlay. No, I don't know that they've mentioned it was the 12 apostles. Yes, they, 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 did, they? they did say they said it was all 12 apostles, oh. except for in the center was... Uh, was a hanging... Judas, hanging Judas Iscariot hanging from the tree, and with quote the most ghastly face mm. unquote, which is just what a cool image. Like, well, and you know what I think what, that's what, what a cool great. spooky image. There's there's a yeah. line, and we were talking about you, you and I just were talking about corner yeah. gas in the car earlier. Yeah, and one of the things uh, there's a joke in that one where they can, none of them can get this kid to calm down and go to bed, and finally Emma, the mother, yes, comes over, yes, that's one of my favorite episodes, and, 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 yeah. and they're like, how'd you get him to go to bed? And she said. Uh, Middle name and an empty threat. Yeah, yeah, middle name and an empty threat. They're like, well, why does that work? And he said, the middle name means, you know, so he knows you mean business. And uh, anything that a child makes up in his own mind is vastly worse than anything I could come up with. Right. So all she says is, if you don't get to bed, you are not going to like what comes next. Yep. And Brent, her son, who is now in his 40s, 50s, immediately flashes back to, like, his childhood and the same thing happening and, like, a vampire coming into his room. It's like, it's the concept of getting a spanking. Yeah. No. Yeah. Vampires. And so, and so, but I think that's what happens. So when you say this idea, like, the most ghastly face, well, I can picture the most ghastly face. Yeah. But it's probably very different than what you're picturing. Right. But the nature of radio works like that. The idea of the open ability. That's one of the right. things that I've always disliked about um, when they show things in, like, in a, in a horror movie. They're yeah. supposed to show this terrifying monster. Yeah. Well, most of the time it's not that terrifying. It's better if you hint at it. Yeah. And then make up, you have your mind Like, I remember being really scared about seeing the aliens in signs. Yeah. Until suddenly I saw the aliens in signs and I was like, oh. Uh, that's that's them. Huh? Oh, oh All right. well, that's really that's a letdown. Yeah, right. Well, it's like what uh, Alfred Hitchcock did in Psycho. I mean, you you know, you have this the scene of the stabbing in the shower, when in actuality uh, there there is no stabbing in it. Nope. Aside from like two two frames. Yep. Uh, other than that, there isn't any. But your mind fills in the details. It's true. Of you know and what, it, what is a horrific stab. Right. Yeah. It will, what, what should be a horrific stabbing? Yeah. When you actually look at it shot by shot, there's not really a lot of blood. It's not, not much violence. In fact, there's no blood. There's just chocolate sauce. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to picture right. the worst stabbing imaginable. Yep. But we do that. And some people call it the Mandela effect. Yeah. And some people call it the Mandala effect because they're bad at oh. speaking. Okay. But, um, or Mandala effect. That's right. Mandala effect. Yeah, Mandala effect. Who um, says that? But the one of the things one of the things that I hear people talk about the Mandela effect in movies comes from that exact idea that your brain does fill in and make it more than it is. Yeah. And how many times you go back to a movie and you're like, oh, I remember this scene differently, and you yeah. get excited about a scene, and you're like, oh, that was way shorter, or oh, they didn't do the thing I thought they did, or whatever. And I think radio just totally leaves it open to that, so that you can go back and hear it. I mean, you couldn't go back and hear it. We already talked about that. But yeah. if you were to go back and hear it ten times. You can fill in the blanks however you want anyway. That's right. You can keep filling them in in different ways. That's right. The nature of it. That's right. And, uh... Judith Clock. Yeah, Judith Clock. Um, 
So why is yes, it called the Judas Glock other so, than the carving of Judas? All right. So um, another thing. Yeah, let's start from there. Uh, another thing that makes this clock uh, something called the Judas Glock, getting back to the Judas Glock, of course, now, um, is uh, that what keeps it helps keep it weighted in a particular way. The, the, the weight, yes. the balance for the... Yeah. Because if you've yes. ever had to operate a grandfather clock, you have yeah. to pull the one weight down and then the other one shifts as it... Right. Crank. So it's it's weighted by the 30 pieces of silver that, is, ah! that Judas Iscariot used to betray Jesus. And as soon as they said that, I was like, no, sh- this is a good story. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I'm, I'm, like I'm I am in, here I'm for in, this. I am in. You have sold me, sir. I'm like, in. <laughs> I was just like, oh, what a, what, what a what a cool, spooky, twisted like way to go with this. Yeah. And, uh, sweet. and so, like, you know, it, it, so what happens is it turns out that this guy. In case you to, don't know who Judas Iscariot is, yes. Yeah. I mean, the odds of that being the case is small, but just in yeah. case, that's the fella who betrayed Jesus Christ, whose birthday is coming up in a few days, right? Uh, or at least that's when we celebrate it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, he betrayed uh, Jesus to the Romans for thirty pieces of silver, and uh, then after that, he became so racked with guilt that he hung himself on a cypress tree. I think it was cypress, right? Yeah. And well, his bowels right. spilled out all over a field. That's right. That is in the Bible, folks. And then the field wouldn't grow things anymore. Yep, that's right. Dead, lay fallow. Uh, what is uh, what, what book do they talk about that in? Because I, Acts is is that Acts yep. where they do that? Yep. Oh, interesting. I would have thought that it would, would have been in the Gospels. No, it's right after the Gospels when they're talking about what happened to him after the man. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the first, but, yeah, which is just such a great spooky lead up uh, to that. But but so it turns out that uh, this guy is cousin. Uh, Adam? Yeah, yeah. So Sebastian, the main yeah. character of the clock repairman, yeah. his cousin Andy. Andy, that's it. Andy, Andy. Hope you're listening to this, Andy, because I'm mad at you about yeah. a clock. Oh, yeah. um, so Andy uh, purportedly bought this uh, this uh, clock at auction, and he intends to sell it in, in his shop. But uh, it turned. But an, uh, well, I think, a, a police member from Scotland Yard comes in and suspects what actually turns out to be true, which is that he stole the clock. Yeah. So Andy stole the clock. Yeah. To have it sold in the father's shop in Sebastian's yeah. father, who doesn't have a name. Right. We'll call him George. Yeah. So Sebastian's father, George, is going to sell the clock in his shop. Andy apparently has stolen it. Yeah. And brought it here. Yeah. Knows it's stolen, or at least, or if you're not stolen, it knew it was stolen. Policeman comes to investigate. Andy wants to shut up his brother about it. He doesn't yeah. let George blab it. Yeah. Yeah. So he somehow like rigs the weights of the clock to be misweighted or somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. He does so something that where it, like right when it strikes midnight and the gear turns to a certain way, it cuts some type of like wire. Yeah. And then the weight of the actual clock itself, 500 pounds of marble, is on a tilted base and yep. a piston drops and then the clock falls. Yeah. On the person standing in right, front of it. Right smack in front of it. And that's what happens to uh, Sebastian's father. And he sees this through like a peephole, right? Like, yeah. Like uh, behind the stairs or something. And he sees this murder and then immediately tries to run away. But before he does, he takes the, the coins with him. Yeah, right? he takes the coins out of the weights. Yeah. Which the one part of this whole story I didn't get is anyone from here on out who then touches the coins... Yeah. Or takes possession. Anyone who takes possession yeah. of the clock is said to die. Right. Whether the clock falls on them or some other like 
random, but then random, it is in the clock. Uh, it winds up being the coins yeah. because he tries to sell them to a guy, and the guy says no. He thinks they're stolen. Yeah. And then the guy says he's going to keep them and make the boy leave, and the guy winds up dying because he's right. holding them. But then right. some poor guy who's just like looking to help him out, he winds up dying just from holding them. Right. And I was like, why didn't Sebastian die from like, holding them? Like, that the, poor innocent man's dying just holding these. Yeah. Coins. The, the 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 coin seller. Yeah. The like coin he, seller. he goes to the uh, like he, he all he wants to do is like go to check out the catalog to make sure the worth of the coins. He doesn't necessarily believe that they're the ones that Judas Iscariot used, but yeah, he says, just gonna go "But, but he does say, you know, this does look like it's from that era, at the very least." So he goes to go look for them, and then yeah. something falls on his neck and decapitates yeah, him. Yeah, I forgot about that. He yeah, loses his head. He is fully decapitated. Yeah. His, his head was gone. Yeah. Yeah. But that and, poor guy, so here's Sebastian. He's like, oh, I can yeah. hang out with these coins all I want. Yep. Yeah. Anybody else, though, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll look into the value of those for you. Decapitated. He's done. He's oh, dead. Oh, here, sir, you dropped it. Decapitated. Dead, dead, dead. And, uh, and yeah, and then what happens to the Scotland Yard guy, the guy who... Oh, yeah. Who, who, who's, on, who's on to him, who's on to Cousin Andy, and this is how we learn that, that uh, Cousin Andy was indeed guilty of this crime. Uh, he, uh, he I, all he does is, like, put his hand on the clock, yeah, and then all just, of a sudden he just... Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. No. Scotland Yard says, this is stolen. Yeah. I'm taking possession of it. And upon saying I'm taking possession of it, he instantly dies of a heart attack. Yes, he instantly died. Like his, like that, and they and they describe that so well. Just like his face turned white, his eyes bulged out, and he fell flat on the ground. And he evacuated his bowels. That's right, from being dead, right down to his shoes. Uh, and yeah, so, so but uh, but yeah, so this clock is killing people uh, inadvertently now or we, advertently. We didn't explain the part where it's yeah. thirty years later. So it's thirty years later, and a woman comes into his shop and says, "You know, I would like to." My, my husband is away on business, and I'd like to fix his clock for him to, uh, you know, to just as a little surprise for when he comes back home. She describes the clock. And she describes the clock as that same giant black marble thing with uh, the 12 apostles and Judas Iscariot hung in the middle. And so he says, that, that must be it. That, this must like, be I know that's a, really, cousin Andy. that's a really popular Rococo design, but that's right. <laughs> it's got to be that clock, and it's got to be my cousin Andy. Yeah. Well, what's funny is he doesn't know his cousin Andy's last name. Yeah, so because like, he's like the woman's name is Mrs. Andrews, and he's like, so he's not name Andy Andrews so, or yeah. Anderson Anderson. Yes, yeah, so, so he's Andy not Anderson. so he's not particularly fond, or he may have like changed his name or something. Or but we, he we also isn't even sure that, that it's cousin Andy that killed his father. He was right. like, I'm pretty sure it's him. I'm gonna kill him. Yeah. Right, he don't really know. Like, take take revenge. <laughs> so there's this. There was a point where like it went from being like really full on to like somewhat vague for all of like two minutes. Yeah. Then goes to the house. Yes. Fix the clock. Guy's there and he's like, "But I'm your cousin Andy." Yeah, <laughs> and right, it's like, yes. oh that. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> just, Glad. And yes, I killed your father. Yes. Like more or less. That's what. Well, happened. he doesn't. He doesn't quite go into admitting no, that so you, much. No, you, you but, catch up. But but he does like they both sit there and uh, you know he says no sit in this seat. Sit, yes. Sit, sit in this here. seat. Uh, young Sebastian, sit in this seat. And uh, so he does do that. But then he like tries to get up, and then as he gets up, uh, Andy tries to follow him, and then. The clock strikes midnight. Nothing it, happens. Oh, nothing happens at nothing, midnight. No, yeah, right. Nothing happens. And he's at like, "Oh, I wonder why he's not dead in that chair because right. I set up this clock to fall and crush people thirty years ago. That's yeah, how I right. killed his father." Yeah, right. So, but but and Sebastian's like, "Okay, I'm leaving." Okay, I'm out of here. And then, like, as as Andy gets up to leave, yeah, sure enough, 
that clock then falls. And Sebastian's like, ha ha, yeah. I changed the timing by one minute and you didn't know. Oh, right, yeah. So he... he, he oh, you're uh, dead. Right, because he did he he uh, he failed to put in five of the coins. Or yeah, he yeah, failed he didn't, to. Put, he he didn't chose, put five yeah. of the Judas coins on one side. So yeah. the waiting was different. Yep. And so it took an extra minute in order to kill, yep. in order for the clock to fall. I mean, he and really, that, was a, that really had to be very particular timing. Well, I mean, well, I know the exact you, weight of these five coins. Well, you know, I mean, if you work in uh, in the in the clock industry, I'm sure true. you the probably know. The guy didn't have the internet, so he wasn't busy looking at other stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. He, all he knew was clocks. Yeah, that's, clocks are his life. As, as, as he says, uh, as he says, you work with clocks, you get a peculiar macabre interest in time. Uh-huh. He says that. In, he says that in there. Um, and of course, you know, this is again hosted by Raymond. Although he this time he has a he has a female yeah, sidekick, a girl. He's, a, he's a woman sidekick who's kind of there to sort of temper him and be like, "Oh, you and your terrible puns." You but, know, but <laughs> it's very clear that her whole job was to hawk Lipton's iced tea. Yes, yeah, like, there that's was no, mainly why like, she was she, there. She was definitely like, "Oh, that's a bad pun." Lipton's iced tea. Yes, like yes. there was no, there was there was yeah. very little segue with with that brisk flavor. Ooh, yes, brisk. yeah, brisk flavor. If you're gonna send the boys, not that wishy-washy taste. And and everybody, please keep buying war bonds for the war in Japan. And right. if you're gonna send any of the boys a care package, send them some Lipton iced tea. Yes, send them some Lipton soup. Yeah, yeah Lipton soup. The Lipton right. soup, oh, that great chicken flavor. Yep, yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that was something that was a bit like uh, at the end. Like, imagine listening to Inner Sanctum and oh yeah, by the way, we're still in the major war. Well, but, and this is, I mean, even <laughs> on even on Theater of the Mind, the nine the nine p.m. one or the ten p.m. Yeah. one on. Um, uh, 740. Yeah. They still mention the war bonds. They haven't cut that out. That's uh, that's good. Like that's it's, good. it's it's just how the radio show ends. Yeah, yep. Um, you gotta buy war bonds. Gotta buy war bonds. Yep. Keep the country afloat. Um, but uh, so, so what did you think of the, of the second story? It, we talked a little bit about what we thought about it throughout. But so here's here's the thing about yep. both of them. Yeah. I wanted to be more scared by okay. both. Okay. But. And nope, but there were still elements of each of them that were terrifying me. And it was just like we said yeah. with Corner Gas. It's the stuff that I built up in my own mind. Right. When they started giving me more details and things started flushing out, I stopped being scared in some way or another. But the concept of, like, this evil clock, like, that's scary. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, the concept of... Or even just, like, the, the description of the clock. You're kind of... Yeah. You're, you're kind of thinking of this, like, evil obelisk and, of and I can And I can only picture it in, like, a dark and evil place. You yeah. know? The story... The Haitian story didn't get me so much as when I was prepping for the Haitian story. Like, when I'm setting the scene in my mind. When I'm yeah. creating the visuals of the location. When I'm getting that. Um, that scared me quite a bit. My own brain. Um, and I think that that might be part of why horror as a radio genre wound up being so darn successful. Yes. Because you do just need bits and pieces. I mean, how much we, we fear the unknown. Mm-hmm. They're giving you just enough information to have a lot of no information and just be terrified. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And I think for that reason, you might you might, you might enjoy Lights Out a little bit more because they tend to get into a bit more of like existential fears. Like I said, with like oxychloride X, like what would happen if like a chemical kept eating things and we couldn't get it to stop and it started to eat whole cities? Like, what would the newscast be of like a city being sunk under? Like, well, if the whole city was under and if yeah. they're newscasting, it would be this. <laughs> and it's like and it's, I like slowly like realizing like the, the the ultimate conclusion of this is that the Earth is destroyed, is eaten. 
is eaten away. Like, that is a very existentially, uh, that's, that's, ex- that's existential horror, you know? Yeah. Um, now I listen to the War of the, War of the Worlds. Yeah. And I know that my aunt, because they did it on all the different local stations and gave, like, local information. Yeah. And so my aunt thought when they were talking about the Grand Island Bridge, she, she thought it was actually happening. Really? Great aunt. Great aunt. But yeah, wow. yeah. She, she was like, oh, no. Oh, man. My grandma, was like, my grandma was like, this, this is a radio show. This isn't real. It's just like, you know, it happens every generation. There's always one generation that is savvy with the new technology and the older generation who's struggling to keep up. (laughs) That's it. It's the same old song. That's it. My grandma's extensive knowledge of how the radio worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just how the radio worked, but that like, oh, this is a this is a put on. Like, oh yeah. Like I I, I I've heard these, them do stuff like this before. These people. Yeah. Well, they yeah. all grew up in middle of nowhere, so yeah. yeah. You know, aliens are scary. That's right. Very scary. That Muppet van just keeps passing <gasps> us. Well, good. Maybe we can catch Third more time. of the story. Which one are they playing? The the Muppets from 2011? No, no, no. It was the Muppet Show. What? Yeah. Well, good on them, I guess. Yeah, they're they're educating their children. Yeah, man. I hope it's the Julie Andrews one. Oh, I don't know. That has the Goat Herd song. I like I, that one. I really, every year at Halloween, I watch the Alice Cooper one. Oh, that's a good one. I also like the one with Zero Mostel. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. No, that's a fun one. Now, here's yeah. a... This is, so so this, is, yeah. this is just a bonus for your podcast episode. Okay. It has nothing to do with it. Yeah. One of my favorite things is at the end of the Star Wars episode. Okay. They are oh, up in they're up show? In, yeah, the Star Wars episode of the Muppet Show. They're up in space on some planet, and Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker's twin brother. Oh yeah, <laughs> comes. No, it is Mark yeah. Hamill because he, he keeps yeah. saying he's not Luke Skywalker. He's Mark Hamill. Not yeah. And then at some point in time, he leaves, and for some reason, his twin brother, which is just him wearing a tuxedo, comes out, and he's yeah. like, "I don't sing and dance." But my twin brother does, and then he comes yeah. out. I don't know what. And then there's Mark. There's there's Luke Skywalker in a tux, Chewbacca, C three PO, and all of the Muppets, including Gonzo dressed up as Darth Nader. Yeah, right. Um, singing <laughs> "When You Wish Upon a Star" while the Disney castle pops up in the background. <laughs> and the reason that to me was so like weird is because at the time I was watching it, yeah. Star Wars had just been acquired by Disney. Who yeah. already owned the Muppets at that time? Right, and it's like at the time Muppets were making this, that was those were three totally separate companies. Yep, and one of them has now swallowed the other two. Yep, yep. I think that's crazy. That is pretty wild. Uh, another quick aside to that about Mark Hamill is that he's a very funny man. Actually, he's and, a very uh, funny man. Uh, I heard on there was a podcast that I listened to. It was hosted by uh, Rob Paulson, who's a voice actor. You might know him best for doing Pinky of Pinky in the Brain and uh, Yakko Warner uh, from Animaniacs and uh, Raphael from the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh. Uh, but he had Mark Hamill on his podcast to talk about his voiceover roles. And uh, one of the things that made me bust a gut laughing was that he did the voice of. Um, so there was, in the 70s, there was an I Dream of Genie cartoon oh. just called Genie. And. Uh, Mark Hamill played like the Sarge role in it, and he's like, he's like, so basically, I just had to do my my old sitcom dad voice. <laughs> like, get back here, Genie, and he said that in such a funny way, in such a perfect like 
like uh, such a perfect pastiche of like sitcom dad. <laughs> like, oh man, somebody's to cast him on a role like that. Like that, that's a voice I want to hear forever. I my favorite um, Mark Hamill <laughs> moment was when he uh, like there was some YouTube channel where they made like these custom lightsabers. Oh okay. Like everyone's custom, like really special, like and it took them hours to make, and they like custom like dremeled, you know, all this nonsense. Yeah. And they made him one that was, like, the Joker. When you press it, it was purple. And when you press it, it did, like, the Joker laugh. And it lit up purple and green and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And they show up at this convention, like, to present it to him as a free gift after all these hours of work. And he's like, yeah, okay, thanks. Because <laughs> he gets they, crap like that and they're like, all and they're the like, time. They're like, no, no, look what it does. Look what it does. And he's like, oh, yeah, okay, oh, well. Yeah. Like, that's it. And they were just like, we really think he liked it. He's like, no, he didn't. He's going to throw that in the garbage on his way out the door. Yeah, like... <laughs> Like, what, what is he going to do with that? What is he going to do with that? Like, yeah. he's he has his own interests. He's not he, he's not a he's not a geek about Star Wars the way that you are. Right? He was he worked on it. He's, like he's he's Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Like just he, he already did that. You want to know who's a geek about Star Wars the way that you are? Peter Mayhew. He yeah, was, yeah. He was a geek about Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Mark. I Hamill, mean, I shouldn't say that. Mark, Mark Hamill is very much a nerd. He is a nerdy boy. And he is I really shouldn't into, say Peter really Mayhew is, is super into it because I uh, he's I, dead I only for say one. Have, well yes yes, yes yeah. Yeah. but I but I, I only say that based on having read one interview where he talked about how much he loved the lore. Oh so really? Maybe, yeah. So maybe <laughs> that was just a lie. I yeah, don't know. I don't know, but 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 uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why why you would you know just do that like it's not someone who you know like no, you don't know him like he's not your friend like don't. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, what were we talking about? Anyway, uh, old time radio. Oh my um, goodness, old time radio. I may or may not cut that part out, but we'll see. <laughs> leave, leave it in. Leave, leave, put it fun, in. Fun aside. Um, but yeah, that was our uh, two our uh, two episodes that we watched of Inner Sanctum listen Mysteries, to. and I do uh, listen to them. listen to. Gee whiz, I'm so used silly, to talking silly. about things I've watched. Um, but uh, we enjoyed them quite a bit, and uh, I probably will listen to a couple more at work at some point. Um, I mean, they're all there on archive.org. Whether or not they actually are public domain is anybody's guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I didn't think about but, that. But uh, honestly, I mean, nobody's cared to take them down since they've been uploaded for, like, how many years? Ten years? Nobody's touched them to do anything with them. So we just kind of got to assume that uh, if they are under copyright, the copyright holder just, the copyright holder just doesn't care. So Maybe they don't know how to use the Internet could be and for that in that case that's to our benefit <laughs> um so and, and i'm always fond of saying you know as a rule you shouldn't pirate but also sometimes it's a good thing so there you go oh wow that's what i'm gonna say because it's helped preserved media that we otherwise would not have had that is true and aren't you the one who told me that like it was the pirated roms that nintendo itself was using to sell <laughs> for the switch uh really? something like that yeah, like, like they had like um somebody uh uh peeked into the ROMs that were on the virtual console on the Wii. Now, this is probably not the case anymore, but someone peeked out of the virtual console ROMs that were on the Wii and found that they had uh, INES headers on them. INES, which INES was a very early emulator. Um, and so they found that some of these ROMs, the, some of the ROMs that were used had these INES uh, headers on them, which you know, suggests that they perhaps had just downloaded them from off the internet instead of dumping their own ROMs themselves. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, Frank Cifaldi wrote an article about that. You can find the uh, the intricacies of that because I because I don't 
I don't know if it's quite as simple as that, but it is an interesting story nonetheless. Um, and uh, yeah, pirates are the reason that we have Nosferatu today. We would not have that movie had it not been pirated. Um, and you know, several other movies, things like that. Uh, that the only reason we have is because somebody made an illegal copy. So look at that. Yeah. You know, anyways, um, should we record our own old timey radio show now? Uh, I think we should at some point. What's it about? No, it's right, right now. Uh, uh, she's sure is lonely on this highway. Why? I've been driving down this highway for the past seven hours. That's and seven I hours. haven't seen uh, anything but a bunch of Sasquatch. <laughs> Sasquatch? Well, I've never seen Sasquatch before in these woods. Oh, well, I don't know what to tell you, but uh, they is everywhere. In fact, I got several of them in my trunk. Several of them in the trunk? Oh my god. Sherman's not a dog. He's a Sasquatch. <laughs> well, we're here. Hope you like me, Loaf. <laughs> Thanks. And uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> and a Happy New Year. Before we got into the part about Mark Hamill, I thought of it.